everybody. Welcome to episode number 15 of On the Flank. I am your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. I just realized that means we're almost at uh, a third of a year. Wow. That's amazing. That is an amazing feat, Joe. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but... <laughs> we're, we're basically it's there. Uh, yeah, and when it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. So this week, uh, not too much. Not too much this week. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, all the teams took that into account, and they took a nice week off. They didn't want to announce uh, anything. Nothing. No new team branding. Vancouver and Washington still sitting there uh, with, with nothing to announce. Uh, we got we got some roster announcements from Hangzhou and Guangzhou. Of course, the chi- Chinese people they do not celebrate Thanksgiving. That is a, an American thing. Um, we've got we've got some other academy roster things. Contenders, uh, co- Korean contenders specifically started. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, so we're, we're going to have to fill a lot of our, a lot of this time with a topic. And I a, a little tease. You're going to get to know me and Joe some more in our our Overwatch past. You excited for this episode, Joe? It should be good, just like all of them. <laughs> I mean, all of them are A pluses in my book. Five stars. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Speaking inclu- of which, you should rate us on iTunes. Absolutely, we do have one <laughs> review up right now, and I thank you, thank you for that review. It's a it's a beautiful review, uh, and we we would love some we would love some rates, some subscribes, get us to the top of the charts. Uh, but w- let's start off. Brief contenders, Joe. Did you watch any contenders? I know we had. It was Thanksgiving. I don't blame you if we don't watch any contenders here. I, I haven't recently. No, I know. Like you said, it's been going on here pretty recently. But uh, what have you been getting from it? Uh, I I watched. So what did I watch? I watched the first day of Korean contenders, uh, which was. Let me go back and see. That was the twenty third. That was Friday. Um. And of course, it is late. It's it's in Korea, so I, I just wanted to see how the new runaway roster was. They're very good still. Three uh, O'd Geekstar. Uh, we don't know if Geekstar is good or bad yet, though. But the new runaway roster looks super good. The second game that night, Kungdu Panther versus Gen G, was definitely the best game. Everything else was three O's. Uh, Kungdu Panther Gen G was three to two. Went to five maps, and uh, both teams look really good. Of course, Gen G is. Uh, the the esports organization that owns Soul Dynasty, so Gen G is their academy team, uh, and they both they both look super super good. I mean, we've got a bunch of new players here in Contenders. These are all unknown players basically, because especially in Korean Contenders, where all the new Overwatch League teams are just picking apart these these old Contenders rosters for for players for season two. So we we get to just see a bunch of new players. I I decided to hop on. Uh, watch it, and they're they're still a bunch of impressive players. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, especially with Runaway, they looked they looked super good. Looked like they looked like their team hadn't been completely torn apart whatsoever. They they had a completely new team, but they were super on point. Uh, besides Contenders Korea, there was some Europe uh, European action. Um, I didn't. I did not catch the European action, uh, and then we had China, Australia. We had a bunch that already had started before, but we do get North American contenders that uh, starts tomorrow uh, with Mayhem Academy versus Atlanta Academy, which we will talk about a little later in this show. Kangarna First Generation Fusion University faces Uprising Academy, which is the new name for Toronto Esports uh, as of now on the website. And then you got some second win versus Gladiators Legion, NRG versus Sky Foxes, XL2 versus Team Envy. Uh, all good games. That one's those are on Wednesday though. Uh, so we get some North American action. Korean action is uh, has is still going through. There are games today, I believe. Um, but yeah, contenders, exciting. We get some we get some Overwatch to to watch. Uh, any. Any thoughts, Joe? I guess you you haven't seen it. I don't know what thoughts you would have. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Other than you know, I might uh, you know might tune in for some of this, especially with um, some of these Overwatch League Academy teams that now also um, can have two way players on them. Uh, yeah. You know, thinking about, uh, for example, Gator for Atlanta. I know um, Elk for Philadelphia Fusion. You know, that'll be 
uh, it, uh, potentially trying to pull in, or well, I don't know if that that was the intent, but potentially will have the effect of um, pulling in some of their uh, tier one viewers into contenders uh, to watch some of their favorite players. You know, so that'll be helpful. Yeah, um, fusion fusions with Uprising Academy. Yeah, uh, some great two way players two-way players out there i think that's one of the most exciting parts about contenders now is you actually have players that are on two-way contracts and very well could be in the overwatch league like tomorrow basically or something like that uh but that'll be more with the next season of course because overwatch league is not happening right now uh but yeah that was we had some events over thanksgiving week that was fun i definitely want to watch some more korean contenders uh Genji looked looked very good despite the loss. So exciting that Seoul uh, has a has an academy team over. We get a we get an academy team over in Korea, which is fun. Uh, now we now we get into the news. First bit of news is uh, we we may have got some branding leak leaks over here. It's a very blurry image. Uh, I, <laughs> I I can't believe no one's enhanced this quite yet. You know, but uh, we get uh, what. Uh, what some people expected with some blue and green. This is the Vancouver, Vancouver Titans. We get some blue and green, which is what people expect because of their Twitter uh, colors. Also, the Vancouver Canucks uh, are blue and green, which the owners of the Vancouver Canucks, hockey team of Vancouver, also own this team. Uh, besides that, they're the Vancouver Titans, which I believe Titans was a leaked name before, and their logo is... A Yeti, I think. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that is a Yeti, uh, which is just another team that uh, has a logo that is completely unrelated to their team nickname, I feel like. I, I guess a Yeti could be a Titan, right? Yeah, I don't I know. Titan's like a... That's like an ancient oh. gr- Greek type thing or something. We'll have to analyze the lore of the leaked Overwatch League team. <laughs> And we, I mean, we that we show up, then Vancouver doesn't even announce this one, of course, after we <laughs> analyze it for hours on end. Yeah. Uh, just like the Toronto leak, which I like the Toronto leak more than the actual one. Toronto Venom, yeah. <laughs> I do. I wanted that black and the black and white, but we got the Defiant, the stupid Defiant. We could, we could still get the Vancouver Runaways and just have. We already have a pink and blue team, but now we'll just have a blue and pink team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blue. We do need a blue and pink. Team. I was, call, call it right now. I was completely gonna go off on a rant. We have a pink and blue team, but now we need a blue and pink team. Where is it? <laughs> it's been it's been a week. Where's our blue and pink team? It's true. Um, but yeah, I uh, I guess we we could give our teaser our leaked thoughts how about our leaked thoughts these are leaked thoughts before before uh the actual one happens i like the colors i really like blue and green and it looks like the main color i mean they like share almost it looks like it's 50 50 but i think they would go green their main color i like blue and green um i mean if this is the actual one the logo is cool does it fit the titan name not too much, but I don't know what else you would do for a Titan. All all I think of when I think of a Titan is like a giant person. Like so, I don't know how you would do that in a logo. There is the Tennessee Titans. That's an NFL team, but their logo is just a T on that's fire. True. Their logo is just a T that's like on fire. So and you know that's how all the Titans were also on fire. They were all on fire. They were yeah. That was that was a problem with the Titans. Um, always <laughs> That's why you fire. don't hear about them anymore. Exactly, they burn. They burn to a crisp. Uh, what, what do you think about this colors logo? Just a little little tease, Joe. Give them a little I, tease. It, it's gonna be good. I think um, you know we got the variety in the green, um, and it's a it's a sort of forest green, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I, I kind of wish some there. Yeah, I, I kind of wish there was some white in there. Yeah. Um, you know, if nothing else, for the sake of. Um, trying to fit the yeti theme you know put a little bit more snow type thing on there but whatever you know who knows we'll have to have to see what happens (laughs) soldier's hair is white so it's true soldier's hair is white uh but yeah white white would definitely be cool um but vancouver canucks they are very blue and green i don't think they used 
I guess they have to use white for their away colors, Joe. So you it's will true. get white. You will get it's white. True. Uh, but yeah, the <laughs> Vancouver Winston's. I just noticed the top comment. It does kind of <laughs> look like Winston. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited for. Honestly, Vancouver is one of the teams I'm most excited to announce because they're they will be. I know they're going to be one of my favorite teams with that runaway roster. Um, and I'm already excited about their blue and green. So I'm excited for them to announce uh, Washington. Not too excited about their announcement based off their league logo. Uh, roster. Rosters. Hangzhou announced, uh, I believe this should be. I don't know. They could. They could announce more. Can they? Can they even? They could, they 12... could have up to two more. They're up to, yes. they're up to 10 right now. They are up to 10. Um, so they have, they have their minimum. They've reached eight. Uh, and since our last podcast, they announced, uh, I don't know, IDK, uh, Revenge. <laughs> I don't know who they announced. <laughs> uh, Revenge, Crystal, and uh, Bebe. Uh, so that's three supports, which they needed. They hadn't, hadn't announced any supports yet. And then Crystal is another DPS. Uh, they're, going, they're going the four DPS route. Uh, important to note that Crystal is their second Chinese player alongside Gu Shui. Uh, was Crystal on the national team? I was trying yes. to look that up. I think he yes, was. He was. Yeah. He was on the national team with Gushui. So uh, Hangzhou picking up the picking up the two two Chinese players. I believe most of them are those Chinese players were too young for the Overwatch League anyway. So I feel like this is two two is very good amount from that from that amazing Chinese team we saw. Yeah. Uh, but. What what do you think of this? What do you think of their roster overall? I've I've been seeing a lot more Hangzhou fans pop up, mainly maybe because of their pink and blue. But what do you think of the roster? Can they compete enough to to satisfy their already huge fan base? They've certainly got the depth now, um, and I think that's um, you know this is a a path we saw some of um, the other Overwatch League teams um, taking at the beginning of season one, right? Um, coming in, uh, notably London Spitfire with 12 players. Uh, and, and some of these other teams, uh, you know, I guess uh, Philly had 12, I know, at the top, uh, being in the season off the top of my head. But, uh, but yeah, coming in to have uh, this kind of flexibility, I mean, we're looking at, um, at least the way they're designated on this page, I'm looking at um, uh, three tanks and four DPS uh, and three supports, you know, so lots of lots of freedom to experiment, uh, again, with some of these players that are coming from. Um, uh, various different teams out of uh, Chinese anchoring contenders. There will be some built-in synergy there already. Um, you know, maybe Crystal Gushui, uh, but also you know from from similar teams uh, as well. You know, No Smite and Rhea uh, from X6 as well as Gatsby Bazzi. You know, that, well, lots of these uh, drawing from similar teams. I think that'll be helpful. Um, but, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I mentioned before. So lots of these new expansion teams, uh, both the Chinese teams and the Western teams. Um, you know, season two now is really uh, just as experimental for them as the first one was for everyone else. Um, you know, trying to find uh, find exactly where they're going to fit in, what what they need to be doing. Because um, uh, lots of these players, you know, most uh, vast majority of these players are new to this um, tier one scene, so it's going to take some getting used to for sure. Oh yeah, um, it's always interesting. I, I've been we're me me and you we're getting closer to previewing season two. And almost every week, I'm just like, what am I going to do for the expansion teams? Like, what do I think about them? Because I like all these players. I've said it over and over again. They're they're picking good players from contenders, but comparing them to Overwatch League players is just so hard. Like, I don't know how they will compete. I don't know if anyone can predict which contenders players can play at Tier 1, you know? Because yeah. none of them have. Um, so we, we really do not know how they will perform on the big stage uh, in L.A. Um, That's why we can't wait for February 14th. <laughs> exactly right. It's going to be these and these two years are like I feel like the hardest years to have like our podcast or something like that and do like a prediction thing and and decide because it's so hard. You actually do not know how these players are going to perform. Uh, but if I had to predict right now, I I believe I would. I would still have the inaugural teams performing better than uh, most of the expansion teams. Um, I would agree, yeah, just you know, based on the experience, if nothing else. 
Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the Songjo roster. Other, let's see, Guangzhou. Guangzhou announced their full roster video in video form. Uh, this was a lot, reminded me a lot of Atlanta's announcement, of course. Uh, both of them just going full out. Here's my entire roster, which I think I mentioned before. I don't like that style as much as Hangzhou that just went two by two by two. Uh, but we got another, we got four DPS on this roster. We got Eileen, Happy, Kib, Nero, four supports, Chara, Only Wish, Shu, One, J, Lee. And then we've got a Tank, Rio, and Flex, Hotba. Of course, we all know Hotba, Philly Fusion Man. Um, and we already knew Hotba was on this team. Yeah. For about a month now. Uh, but I, I think everyone, this is another mishmash of just a bunch of nationalities here, mostly Korean, but we got it. We got two Chinese players and Eileen and only wish everyone's been waiting for Eileen to finally be on a team. Here he is. He's on overwatch. He's in overwatch league. We got Kib, which I, this is my most excitement. I think Kib is everyone's talking about fusions from that UK team. I'm talking about Kib. Kib was amazing. <laughs> uh, and I'm excited that he got on a team. Uh, in Guangzhou charge. And then we got Nero who is American representing America. I think this is the first American to be on a, uh, first American Eastern team. First American announced to be on a Eastern team. Pretty amazing. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Nero, if you didn't know, played for Toronto esports or should I, am I not allowed to say that name anymore? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know this this page i'm looking at does <laughs> x <laughs> on liquipedia formerly known as toronto esports on liquipedia it says from march or from what's yeah march 3rd to november 12th of this year he was on toronto <laughs> esports and then on november 12th he was then picked up by x toronto esports until <laughs> until november 22nd when he was picked up by Guangzhou Charge. Um, so the Liquipedia has changed Toronto Esports to X Toronto Esports right now. There you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is another, I think, pretty good roster. They got some talent here. I like uh, Hotba. Uh, Philly Fusion likes Poco a lot more than Hotba, but I like Hotba as a nice starting place. He's going to teach, teach everyone what's what in the Overwatch League. Uh, but I, of course, really like Kib. I really like Eileen as well uh, on DPS. Uh, and overall, I don't know too much about their supports. Uh, what what do you what do you think of this? Who are you most excited to see on this team? Let's let's do that. Who are you most excited to see on the Guangzhou Charge? Uh, well, I can definitely say, uh, looking at the roster the way this stands now, we're going to see lots of Rio Hotba. Um, they're sort of in. Uh, at least again, based on these rosters, I'm sort of sitting in that tank duo slot uh, almost by default. Uh, so that'll be cool to see. Um, obviously, Hapa playing a lot with Sato uh, last season, but now moving into this new team. Um, you know how that's um, how that uh, tank relationship develops. You know because th- that's really what it is. You know, as you're going uh, through the season, it's, it's developing a relationship with your uh, with your teammates and your your role partners. Um, but yeah, and then you know, four DPS, four supports again gives them lots of flexibility, um, and I think that's sort of what they're going for. Um, we've got a big mix, uh, like you said, uh, of nationalities and uh, and national origins, and that's something. And um, so that's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but I think that can be um, pretty beneficial for them, and not only for them, but uh, for the fan base. Uh, too, you know, you'll have Chinese uh, fans, obviously, for Guangzhou, which you'll have uh, Korean fans, and you might have, um, you know, you might have some British fans, you might have some Canadian American fans uh, as well of this team, uh, which is going to be cool to see, you know, how that is able to coalesce around uh, Guangzhou Charge. Yeah, I am so excited for this season. I don't know why I just randomly just got so excited. I just want to see, I just pictured like. Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking at Guangzhou Chargers logo. I just pictured it on the big screen on the stage or, and, stuff, and stuff like that. I pictured a Chinese team getting its first win. I was like, wow. Insert uh, <laughs> Overwatch League music here. Yeah. <laughs> just ins- inspirational. <laughs> Everyone's crying as they listen to this podcast. I cannot wait for the next <laughs> season. Uh, but yeah, we, we got some two. We got two Chinese rosters. I. 
I'm excited. I think I just got very excited mainly because we we've got four Chinese teams and I take a look at all their rosters this year and I I think they can put up some big wins for sure and I think I think one or two of them could make the playoffs. They could make a run. Um, I think they all got some very talented rosters here. And as the season goes on, they'll only get better as they get used to uh, the big stage, Overwatch League. Uh, even It's crazy because Shanghai, I mean, you got Guangzhou, Hangzhou, Chengdu. They're all going to be basically contenders rosters. But Shanghai was in the inaugural season, and they also have a contenders roster. It's very interesting uh, because they've been there for a year. But... uh they also have a minor league roster, <laughs> but it's a better roster than last year. It's true. <clears throat> All right. XL2, Logics. Mr. Logics, he finally finally went somewhere. Everyone was, was begging for him to go somewhere. Uh, the XL2 Academy roster was announced, and uh, Logics, he was there. Of course, former Mayhem, uh, Florida Mayhem, DPS player. Everyone knows and loves him. And now he's going to be on XL2. Unfortunately, I think this was announced a little bit ago, maybe. Uh, Adam, moving from support, he was rest in peace, Adam. He's a he's a player manager now, but uh, he was one of the OGs, one of the best mercies in the world, uh, and he is he is also heading to the dark side of coaching. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for him, I I thought I legitimately thought Adam could have been could have been an Overwatch League man. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't see Mercy being in the meta anytime soon. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Logic? Is he happy he's, happy he's going somewhere? I mean, it's not an Overwatch League roster, but it's somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we talked about uh, when he was, was released. Uh, uh, you know, I was saying I was surprised uh, that that was the way that it went. But um, yeah, to see him on XL2, that's obviously a really good thing. Uh, hanging out there with Mangichu on the DPS role, filling in for uh, Nene, who's now uh, been moved up. Uh, so actually, this this makes it seem like uh, Nene is not uh, two-way, uh, that they may have signed him to the roster permanently uh, for New York because uh, they didn't mention him in the announcement tweet. But it's actually interesting looking at this roster, though, now for XL2, that it's sort of come up to be... Um, Sort of a, a a former owl pros, um, the, the place where former owl pros go to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to an extent, you know, uh, we all and TZ obviously former London Spitfire, uh, and now Logics as well. You know, they um, on the one hand, you know, that's really good for their team though. So that's uh, to have that experience, have that core there. So yeah, I'm a fan of that. I'm also a fan of it. I think XL2 at the beginning was. It was mostly Korean because it was, it was basically the people. It was the people NYXL like couldn't sign like Flower because of their age, or the people that were on like the Kongdu team that just couldn't join. I don't think it was Kongdu. I, I can't remember what team it was. I because Kongdu was Cloud Nine, so that was London. But I cannot remember. Uh, but. Yeah, Adam was on there, but now we got a we got a nice mix of a bunch of different nationalities on this team, um, which is always great, always great to see that. Um, XL two, uh, they're looking good. They they were they were uh, very good last contender season. We'll see how they do this season. Uh, they unfortunately could not beat Fusion University, but Fusion University, their players are. Their roster, it's they've they've gotten rid of some players. How many players have Fusion University got rid of now? Uh, uh not tons. I didn't think. Um, I mean they've, um, like there's rumors about Beast Halo. I think. Um, and actually, did we ever hear about that? Um, there's a there's a, the Dallas rumor about Zachary. Yeah, you mentioned that. Did we ever hear about that? I guess not. No. When were they? They were just teasing. I thought I thought it was supposed to come out like on Saturday or something, but I just yeah, realized was, that nothing happened. Who was teasing? Dallas was teasing it the other yeah, account. or when they because it was like either hydration or you said maybe it was yeah because the the original rumor was that hydration was going to Dallas Fuel, then Dallas Fuel teased. When did they tease it? Oh, eleven twenty three eighteen, but I think was that, that the must, tease? Yeah, that must have been for their that was merch for their merch. Store. 
That was for their merch store. And they also tweeted interesting and interested in something new that was about their merch. Yeah. Um, but they should, they do, I believe are going, they have said they're going to announce more and the rumors are Zachary right now. Hydration was once part of the rumors, but, uh, yeah, I guess that was their merch store announcement. Um, it is. Speaking of it, that was a terrible picture they posted. You could not see any numbers. It was very interesting. I literally could not see anything if on my phone. On my computer, I can see, I could see the picture, but I could not see anything on my phone. I don't know why they made it so hard to see. I assume that was intentional, probably. But <clears throat> very interesting, very interesting choice. Who knows? Uh, speaking of more NA contenders teams. The Atlanta team, Atlanta Rain, has announced that they have an academy team. And it is last night's leftovers. I'm glad that last night leftovers finally getting signed by somebody. This team has been has been orgless for the longest time, and they've been they've been very successful, honestly, for being orgless. So uh, I've been watching some of these players for such a long time. Ajax, he was he was back on that original NRG roster with with Siegel and then he got Dogman who is honestly he's just been grinding since this game came out he's non-stop um, and I think he's he's a very underrated academy player Dogman is and uh, this is this is a great signing for Atlanta Academy um, definitely yeah their logo is interesting have you seen their logo yeah it reminds me of uh, like the stylized ampersand from like D&D Oh, yeah. with with the a that they yeah. have yeah but um i think i they're going like the a is kind of in style of their of their phoenix logo uh yeah that's true <clears throat> uh but yeah this is yeah this is i i i'm i'm a fan of this signing i'm a fan of giving this team an org i mean and you've got the less than leftovers they've got a pretty good fan base the the old hot dog with a toothpaste i'm gonna i'm gonna miss the hot dog with toothpaste <laughs> Maybe they'll bring it back for something. Yeah, a throwback, throwback jerseys. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be lit once. I can't wait till like, I can't wait till we're deep into Overwatch League and we get those throwback jerseys every once in a while. Ooh, that's gonna be nice. Throwback to season one or something. Yeah, that's way down the line though. Holy cow! That's um, true. So today, I think this was from today. Leaks about scheduling. Which... Yeah, or at least I saw it today. <clears throat> yes, or it was yesterday. Well, it was, yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday morning, yeah. Um, someone leaked uh, Shang Shang Dragons. Not lots of <laughs> Shanghai Dragons. First match yeah. will be against Hangzhou Spark. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's a just like a, a Chinese transliteration thing. Yeah, my so, yeah. There's weird spellings going on, but uh, apparently, the... yeah, apparently, first first match for these is for in their 2019 house season is going to be Shanghai versus Hangzhou, securing a first win for a Chinese professional Overwatch team. Crazy. Uh, this is I'm hype. This is going to be a hype match. Honestly, I think I think these two. In my opinion, well, we don't know Chengdu's roster yet, but based off the three rosters we know, I think these two are the best uh, Chinese rosters so far. You you pumped for this match? It definitely should be good. Yeah, um, you know we're looking. Uh, you know, no matter whether it happens or not, in theory, it's going to happen at some point. Um, yeah, to have uh, to have these connections is going to be good. Um, so it makes me wonder, you know, where this source got the information. Um, you know, if they do have a a draft schedule or a final schedule floating around somewhere that they haven't announced yet. But either way, obviously we want to see that as soon as possible. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what was it? It's been like more than a month over a month. It's been such a long time since Nate came out and he was like, Oh, I have the schedule now. I could release it. I could release it whenever I want. And it's almost been a month since BlizzCon. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So I, I assume I can only assume that Nate has not given us that sweet, sweet schedule because Vancouver and Washington are sick, are taking so long, taking <laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah. 
Ugh, it is it is so so annoying. Um, hey, I got this interesting tweet on on the flanks timeline right now. Um, because they did or let me yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna this is a freestyle off the top of my <laughs> timeline. There we go. But apparently, the uh, Sports Business Journal. Sports Business Journal did a survey to their readers, um, and question number nine on their survey, the results came out. What are the hottest sports sports properties right now? That, that's that's sports with an S, not with an E. Yeah, sports. And Overwatch League got twenty eight percent of the vote. Number three. Number three behind NBA. Number one by far, fifty six percent. Then NFL twenty nine, Overwatch League twenty eight. Um, that's crazy. Uh, it was only eight hundred twenty five people, so maybe we could have some bias in there, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I think they're clearly some bias because I hate the NBA, but um, <laughs> NBA is a very hot property right now. I will admit that. Uh, that's all we got for news, including that freestyle uh, that I just saw on, on the Flanks Twitter line, Twitter timeline. All of a sudden, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Uh, but today's topic, Joe, I teased it earlier. Our our listeners, our dear dear fans, uh, they're going to get us get to know us a little bit more. Um, I, I've come up here. I, I've given some topics, uh, so just some little questions. It's a bunch of favorites. I just see the word favorite a bunch on the list, and uh, it's <laughs> it, we're not getting too personal here. Um, we're not going whole life story. We're just going Overwatch story, specifically Overwatch League, with some Overwatch sprinkled questions in there. Uh, th- these these guys, our, our listeners, they didn't get to know us at all in Overwatch Le- League Season 1. We didn't have this podcast back then. So I thought we would uh, go back, touch on some of Overwatch League Season 1's moments, see what our favorites were back from Overwatch League Season 1. Um, and then our listeners would get to know us a little bit better because we have literally nothing else to talk about today. You excited? <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. Well, let's start it, it off. With a general Overwatch question, what are your top three played heroes, Joe? Uh, I guess it probably depends on the mode, maybe, but certainly, uh, certainly, most recently, top three played most played heroes uh, for me would be Reinhardt, uh, Farah, and Mercy. Uh, oh. Probably not in that order. Probably Mercy a little bit more than Farah. Nice, but uh, yeah, so a little bit of everything, <laughs> you know, for for playing around. I, I started off as a Farah main for a long time. Uh, but more, more recently, I've been playing a lot of Reinhardt. So, spreading your yeah. wings, I like it. Support tank and DPS, all That's right true. there. I like it. You don't even main a position. Um, <laughs> my top three played heroes are all are all going to be. I mean, if we're talking recently, I've been playing a lot more support lately. Uh, but I think my number one is, if we're talking all time, it is definitely Diva. I play an insane amount of Diva. And it's because I, I don't know. I'm just so I'm good at heroes where like positional heroes, where you, how good you are is based off of like what, knowing when to go in, knowing who to zone out and stuff like that. I just naturally know who to go for as Diva for some reason because every time I play as her, I, I'm like on a completely other level for some reason, and I we win every time. Uh, so I'm I don't enjoy playing Diva the most, but I'm very good at her. So I <laughs> I play her very often since I would like to win. Um, if we're going, my second most played off tank is Roadhog. That is my favorite character to play. I, I our hero to play. I love playing Roadhog. Hitting hooks so satisfying. Um, bring back our bring back his old hook one shot please. <laughs> and then. Um, for talking recently, I've probably played Brigitte more than Anna, unfortunately, uh, just because she's easier. But I would like—I'm going to personally say that Anna is uh, is on my top three because I don't want to say Brigitte. I want to separate myself from Brigitte. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, Brig becoming more of a healer here in the future, so that'll be something. Yeah, that will be something. Maybe, maybe I'll be more proud to say I I played Brigitte. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just find that when no one's playing Brigida on my team and I'm like, if I switch to Brigida, we'll win. Like that's, I just find that 
to be the case so often. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so, Joe, I know you played the game less, like you started playing later than I did. Um, but what was your favorite meta to play in? Yeah, so uh, playing the game, uh, you know, for only about a year now, a little bit more than a year. Um, and also, you got to remember that I'm playing the game um, at a pretty low elo in which there is no meta, <laughs> just pretty much at all. Meta doesn't um, exist. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I guess in general, um, I like um, playing with these kind of tanks. Um you know whether that's whether that is a sort of goats style, or um, or that sort of thing, just because um, it's heroes uncomfortable with, um, <laughs> you know, because either you're running a, a Reinhardt, you know, a core of that, or you've got the Far, that's a pretty good counter. So I don't know, uh, it, it's it certainly gives me uh, freedom to play on the heroes I'm comfortable with. So that's there's something to be said for that. Yes, um, people are gonna hate me for saying this, but. As a as a tank support guy, goats is my favorite meta to play in. Um, mainly because people, I don't know, because everyone's fine playing tank and support. Um, they're super powerful right now. It's fun that the the heroes I play are not only good at at being tanks and and uh, and supports, but they're also good at being DPS. Uh, that's extremely fun for me. Uh, people are going to hate me for saying that. And I do. I know you, last week you heard me. I would much rather this not be the case. Uh, but I do enjoy playing goats a lot. And we're talking playing here because we're about to get in what our favorite meta to watch is, which is completely different. If we're talking about playing in a meta, then of course I'm going to like goats because I'm a tank support guy. So yeah. let's get into watching. What's your favorite meta to watch, Joe? Uh, so yeah, and that's a good question because um, part of that, you know, depends on uh, you, you know what exactly we're talking about. I think um, from Overwatch League season one, obviously the the further away we got from Mercy, I was I was uh, more of a fan of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, as far as um, spe specifically the metas. Um, from an observer's standpoint, we're looking at. Um, I like to be able, but uh, honestly, you know, the really honest answer is um, that I liked uh, the shift around, like the end of stage four. I think it was the end of stage four um, of Overwatch League season one. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's after finals that, but but the shift into uh, like Hanzo Zarya, which sounds really bad. <laughs> Because there was literally just the Q meta, but um, and I think part of the, the reason that sticks out of my mind is because uh, is just because of how good of a change that it was from uh, from the dive. Right, this, uh, this was like right uh, pretty recently after Brick had been introduced and Hanzo had been reworked, um, and so just to to add that variety was really cool. Like in the end. Um, also, like right after Rialto um, was released, I don't know exactly where that all finds falls in the timeline, but somewhere right around in there uh, was cool to watch. But again, I think mostly just because um, of the shakeup that it brought to uh, being a spectator. So it, it got old after a while, but that's what sticks out in my mind. Okay, yeah, that was fun. I mean, there were a bunch of, I don't know, it's so hard to go back and choose a favorite meta to watch because there, there's a bunch of times where Mercy was OP and Rez was not fun. Uh, but if I'm if I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go way back, back when Res was an ultimate ability. Um, to <clears throat> I think this began. It was when dive first became a thing. When Miro basically taught the world what dive was in Overwatch World Cup. Uh, that was the second year of Overwatch World Cup, maybe third year, first year. Uh, I think it was the first year actually. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but they dive i mean i think at the time anna had came out about five months previously and anna was providing that was the original goats the three three um providing tons of healing to tanks uh and it was dive was just it was crazy that 
that this could counter something like that. Um, and, and Miro was the OG God of it. And I, I just miss, I might, one of my favorite times to watch overwatch was just seeing Miro go head to head against Kaiser. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think so. Yeah. Miro versus Kaiser, uh, whether it was Winston, Miro would always win the Winston battles. And then when it was Reinhardt versus Reinhardt, Kaiser would always win those. Um, and it was just super fun to see. And I mean, they were forcing Kaiser to switch over to, to Winston all the time because dive was just starting. Like they were just, they were playing dive so well that it was just starting to push out other metas. It was, and it was such a, it was such a great moment. I think at overwatch because it was the first time I think dive in itself is not too overpowered because it takes so much skill and coordination to do. Uh, so it was super interesting to see this team counter the current metas and the current team compositions just through skill and not through overpowered heroes. Uh, that was just, <laughs> you know, that was, that was just an amazing moment for overwatch. I believe uh, was I, and I can't wait to see the creation. I would love to see the creation of a new, you know, a new medic rising from the ashes based off of skill and not necessarily heroes that are just overpowered. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of story you want to, uh, you want to try to develop, you know, for your, for your game, no matter what it is. So yeah, that's, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, heroes, what is your, who's your favorite hero? We talked about metals, we talked about team composition. Now we're talking individual hero. Who is your favorite hero to watch? Yeah, so um, to talk about this one, I think uh, first of all, my answer. I, you know, I'm uh, I, I'm a lot like the generic fan base in that I I do enjoy uh, uh, just you know me- mechanical uh, me- mechanical skill uh, and and being able to watch that. So um, characters like uh, you know McCree, for example, or Farah. I, I love me a good Farah. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just thought of that. Um, but, uh, you, you, you know, again, as much, as much as people don't like to hear it, but, um, yeah, to watch the DPS players that are making the big fast flashy plays, that's something. Um, but again, my, my caveat would be that I, uh, I, I want to see if that's going to change here in the next year. Uh, especially with the introduction of this, uh, this uh, uh incline viewing that's hopefully going to come out for all season two uh that to be able to have that ability um again to watch essentially whatever role you want it's going to be super helpful um you, you know and hope uh you, you, maybe i'll be able to find some uh, not only get value out of it but you know find some new favorite mode of spectating as well yeah uh I definitely think you're. I I would use it to watch more Zen. Honestly, I know they were they were spectating Jonak a lot more towards the end of the season, but I think there were a bunch of other Zens that were that were damage dealers like Bedoshin and all these these amazing amazing Zens that didn't get as as much attention. Uh, I think watching Zen would be great, but my favorite hero personally to watch is McCree. Uh, I know everyone loves Widow. Widow's so much fun, but there's something so satisfying about just watching McCree just get those dings on uh, on those heads, just so many in a row. I remember watching Taimu on back on McCree way back in the day, but he was just so good at him. It was so much fun to watch him switch to McCree and just just pop heads. It was uh, I miss I miss when McCree was good. I really do. Uh, and nothing really, nothing much has changed besides buffs for this guy. So it's honestly just the rest of the cast has gotten better than him. Um, and his counters have gotten better than him. So <clears throat> hopefully we see some changes. I know everyone wants those D.Va changes. And I think changing D.Va will make McCree, Soldier, all the hitscan heroes a lot better. Uh, so we had some. Uh, I thought we would talk about some Overwatch League talent real quick. Uh, who's your? We'll we'll do. We'll put these two together. Favorite caster, and then your favorite member of the desk. Uh, well, yeah. So the second one of that, uh, super easy. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, f- favorite favorite uh, personality on the desk would definitely have to be reinforced or IP reinforced. <laughs> um, yeah. It, 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 uh, again, just because of the value you get from 
uh, being able to get that uh, pro player perspective uh, and being able to uh, th- that slightly higher level analysis, I think, is valuable uh, to have. You know, even if uh, you know, evidently, we've discovered that that's not the direction they're hoping to focus on. But exactly. Um, and then casters. I mean, obviously, the the easiest answer is Uber. Uh, just because Uber is awesome. If you haven't seen the Uber Rap God video on YouTube, you need to go watch it. But um, you know, if if we were going away from that, uh, uh, it, 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 see, then it becomes much more difficult because there's there's lots of really good, uh, uh, really good uh, casting talent that they've got in the league. Uh, but it might end up being somebody like. Uh, 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 like Doa, maybe, uh, yeah. you, you know, being able to uh, really help write the stories uh, as we're going along through it's super helpful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my favorite member of the desk is Sideshow. It's hard for me to choose between Sideshow and Bren, but I think Sideshow brings, he brings, Bren brings the funny, but Sideshow also brings some funny and he brings, I think, some top tier analysis as well. Um, I like Sideshow a lot. He's a smart dude. And then caster, Uber is definitely the the best caster. Um, I, I, he's probably my favorite too. But I I very much enjoy Monty not only for his casting but his tw- his Twitter twittering, tweeting. Um, and just it's crazy be, on there. Yeah, just he's just overall. Pro, uh, he's one of my favorite talent personalities for sure. They all have. They're all great personalities, honestly. I think we've got a very talented talent roster in the Overwatch League. We're we're very lucky. Uh, season one. Let's talk about season one. Start off. Uh, we we mentioned this a little bit. What? But who is your favorite team in Overwatch League season one, Joe? Go ahead and say it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, favorite team all season one definitely Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, all the way from the beginning of the season, taking them through. Uh, you, you know crazy matches with new york and finally some some stage playoffs it was good yeah uh, i mean you guys got second you guys got second you need to brag about that more second that's place. that's, that's true that's true <laughs> um but yeah I, I, we're i know we're supposed to be unbiased but he, my favorite team was the uh houston outlaws uh very unfortunate very great beginning to the season uh not not so much ending i mean they were close they were they were very close to making playoffs uh, but just one one meta favored them very heavily, and specifically the one where Junkrat was very good. Uh, unfortunately, once that went out, Jake couldn't really handle the rest of the heroes as well. So, uh, yeah, I was a Houston Outlaws fan, uh, mainly because I thought they, were, they had that nice underdog mentality coming in as i th- think they were like the they were the only american roster with no koreans on it right uh probably yeah uh... <clears throat> and i'm not like racist against koreans or something i just <laughs> i just uh i just thought it was cool that they they came out and they're like oh here's a we don't need we we don't need it because everyone was talking about how you needed it um i thought it was cool so i I was hopping on the Houston Outlaws bandwagon. I was also a huge fan of Mendo, uh, who I met in Los Angeles when I visit when I was there for a summer with Echo Fox, uh, and he was a player on their team. Never saw the stage, but um, yeah, I was I was a big fan of him. So that's why I was a Houston Outlaws fan. Uh, my my fandom died a little bit as the season went on. I do not know if that will be my main team next season. I just wish there was a Detroit or Indy team I could root for, um, but there is not. So I have to choose every season. All right, favorite. Who is your favorite player during? We're not going to say not looking back, but during season one, who is the player you liked the most? Oh, I see. Uh yeah. So during season one looking at a player i almost have to pull up these rosters or something so i can <laughs> scroll through and look for inspiration um but okay yeah so uh first first thing that jumps out to me would be uh actually players from uh the la gladiators um somebody like uh sure or, or hydration with just really large um 
really large hero pools, um, you know, that they were able to uh, uh, re really show off exactly what they were able, what they were able to do, what they what they had uh, to throw out lots of. Particularly, I can think of uh, Hydration's Doomfist uh, that we saw before Doomfist was cool. Um, because because that's the term for it now it's not meta it's cool um <laughs> uh, but yeah so I, i'm at uh uh you know not saying anybody from philly uh so yeah i might say hydration nice uh i like hydration i really like sure for too i've been a sure for fan i'm gonna avoid houston as well and i'm going to go with sabiel b um i I really enjoyed SBB as Tracer got less and less viable when when Brig wasn't there. It was unfortunate that Sabiel B was not as good on other heroes as he was Tracer, but I still think he's the best Tracer in the world. Loved watching him on Tracer. I just remember points. I can't remember who it was against. One of my favorite Sabiel B moments was basically when NYXL lost the point on, I remember, Oasis City Center. Maybe it wasn't City Center. It was on Oasis, and I cannot remember who it was against, but he was, like, it was literally one versus, like, four or five, and this man was just stalling the point, killing people. No one could kill him, and I was like, this this guy, he's he's just my favorite player to watch. I love Sabiel B. Um, and he can't deny his personality. He's awesome, too. He's got a wife. He keeps her, her picture all over the place. That's pretty it's cool. It's the married man meta. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we go back. Joe, what was your favorite match from season one of Overwatch League? That's so, yeah, that uh, becomes more difficult. <laughs> Lots of good I'm matches. pulling this up right now because I'm thinking of, uh, obviously it's going to have to be, uh, again, coming from the Philadelphia Fusion perspective, it's going to have to be um, a playoff match. Uh, you know, whether that is... Uh, the stage two playoffs versus uh, versus London. I mean, that was a super uh, super good win. series. Uh, what? Big win. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, or even um, some of the you know when they're trying to deal with uh, the mathematics of trying to uh, uh, trying to qualify later in the season. You know, uh, oh, that's the next one. So I'll save for that. But. Um, yeah, f favorite favorite match of no no actually sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna change it already um, yeah favorite match of the season has got to be um, probably the second win um, in the playoffs uh, Philly over New York that was um, a great match to send them to the finals that was uh, that was super intense all the way down to what was that the map that had the crazy Dorado yeah three three two Dorado uh, oh, yeah. at the very end that was an insane map. Um, Obviously, going towards Philly, uh, but yeah, that's uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it right there, um, all the way at essentially the very end of the season. <laughs> God, that was I remember watching that down on my couch with my <clears throat> with my friend that I already knew I was going to uh, going to Brooklyn with for the for the championship, and he he has he ha he owns Overwatch for PlayStation. He's played it a couple times. Uh, but his main Overwatch fandom is through me and just watching random Overwatch League games because I'll pop them on. Uh, and I just remember him being so hyped during that match. I feel like that was when he decided, like, this is this is cool. Um, but, yeah, that was such a great match. Dorado was crazy. Um, I was I was personally rooting for NYXL because I wanted to see uh, I wanted to see them in New York and I wanted to see the fans go crazy for them. Uh, but you cannot deny how how well Philly Fusion played uh, in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. They've got they've got a great team, great roster. Uh, my my favorite match way back. This one's just personally. I know there was nothing on the line, and these two teams both didn't make playoffs. But I think it was just the moment I realized this is this is awesome, and it was on the first night of Overwatch League. I was lucky enough to fly out uh, to LA for the first week uh, with my brother. Uh, we went to the first four days, enjoyed the hell out of it. And um, my favorite match from that weekend, my favorite match from the whole season was Dallas versus Seoul, uh, who everyone thought was going. They thought these are the two best teams this year, <laughs> Dallas and Seoul. <laughs> Crazy. 
Um, but that was still such a great match. Two to one was the final score. Uh, and they, they, all the maps were close. Uh, it was so much fun to watch and just, and I still came out at the, in the end, but it was, it, it just, it was the moment I was like, this league is going to be so competitive and cool. And I can't wait for the rest of the season. All right. Favorite moment. This is not a match, just your favorite moment from Overwatch League Season 1. Yeah. Uh, so for, for me, again, this one might actually uh, have to come from... Uh, I guess it's not a final, so it counts. Um, but also from another Philly Fusion match, uh, looking here at the end of uh, Stage 4. I'll have to pull this up, make sure I've got the details right. Um, yeah, so very last day of Stage 4 before the finals. Yeah. Uh, where Philly is playing um, London Spitfire. Um, and they had, at this point, already... Um, or, or no, they hadn't. No, because no, they were playing... Uh, help me remember to get this right. But uh, Philly was playing because they had the four London to make uh, the Stage 4 finals. Uh, and all London had to do was take one map, and then Dallas would play. And so it came all the way down to map four. They were playing... Gibra Whoa, it just started. Uh uh, video autoplay. No, he <laughs> um, came all the way down to Gibraltar at the very, very end. Uh, map four of this series. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, you've seen clips of Dallas watching. You've you've seen yeah. the series, I'm sure. Um, all the way down, point three uh, on London's attack uh, that they had to, I think, complete um, in order to win. Um, and so, I, it's not necessarily my favorite moment because of what happened, but. Um, it's definitely one of the most memorable uh, when uh, uh, when Boombox got primal raged off the edge uh, playing Zenyatta and pop trance and still died <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know I was reminded of a couple of days ago so it's kind of fresh in my head but uh, but thinking about uh, you know because that very easily could have cost them the map uh, you know who knows if it did but uh, could cost them the map, and then uh, by extension, you know, stage four playoffs. But uh, anyway, that's what comes to mind, you know, as something. Uh, and there's, you know, there's tons both in the gameplay and not, uh, I, you know, outside of the gameplay all the way through this season that uh, that are really memorable. But that's uh, that, that's yeah. one that I'll bring up. <laughs> lots of memorable moments. It was hard to choose. Definitely hard to choose this one. Uh, but I I cannot choose anything but but the finals which i got to go to like i just cannot choose anything but the but just like th how insane that place was and one of the loudest crowds i've ever been a part of i've been to lots of lots of normal traditional sporting events and just in awe at how loud this place was especially for F philly fusion uh, i mean philly had that bus that bus over to barclays so there were tons of Philadelphia fans there. Um, and the the craziest, I, I was thinking about it, and the loudest that crowd got was when Jeff Kaplan, like, showed up <clears throat> and uh, got interviewed for a second. I don't even think it was on the stream. I think it was off stream. Golden Boy just interviewed Jeff real quick. Um, and I do not, like, that is one of the loudest I've ever heard an arena get is the moment everyone realized that like Jeff was here and Jeff was about to get interviewed and like he was standing up on the stage on like the floor and just like started waving and everyone just gives him a standing ovation like so loud golden boy has to start this interview but no one is like shutting up everyone continues to cheer as loud as they can for this guy uh who who uh is the head of the team of course that that made this game and a lot of people love this game, and a lot of people. I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite games of all time. It's awesome to see Jeff uh, at events like this. It's awesome to see, like, I mean, the finals. If the finals was crazier, I imagine people would have gotten louder uh, than Jeff. But honestly, Jeff was definitely the loudest I've s seen a crowd get almost uh, for for this man, and you could just see on his face like being in that moment that's like that's like a life goal right there is like just have a stadium full of people cheering so loud just for your presence like that's crazy 
<clears throat> so that's one of my favorite moments. But the finals overall, in general, w- were amazing. It was so cool to see just people there. And, like, you would see people bringing their, like, dads there or something like that. Like, yeah, I want to show my dad what I'm into or I want to show my parents. And it was cool to see. Uh, but, yeah, besides, besides, there are so many other moments. But that has to be it for me. <clears throat> Uh, so I know I had a prediction for our season one's finals at the beginning of the year. I, I, I predicted who was going to be in the finals. Did you, did you also make a prediction in your head even? Uh, I don't think I did really. I mean, um, but you know, thinking about going into the season, uh, that, you know, soul was all anybody could talk about. <laughs> I do remember that. Didn't even uh, playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, that was, you, you, you know, on one hand it was a shock, but on the other hand, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just the nature of how things go. I don't know. Yeah, uh, metas change, crazy things. Lunatic High. I mean, Lunatic High wasn't even. At, they were hyped up because people hadn't seen Lunatic High play recently. I think most people had dropped Apex at that point, and Lunatic High just wasn't doing as well in Apex recently so it didn't make too much sense why people were so high on soul honestly oh but i personally predicted soul versus houston outlaws which uh at the end of stage one was actually not too bad of a prediction um but after that it was a terrible prediction none of them (laughs) neither of them made the playoffs um but true I thought since I since I said my early season one finals prediction, this was before the season started. I predicted this. I thought to finish off our little uh, little personality thing here, we could do our very 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 early season two finals predictions, even before we do our entire preview, which is going to start next week, uh, which can change. I I guarantee mine's going to change, but uh, oh, definitely, yeah. Very early season two final prediction. Give it to me, Joe. Paris. Paris. And I and again, just this is supposed to be a gut sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't necessarily want to pick, uh, you know, a new established team or an established team necessarily. Um, and and you know, this is definitely. Uh, you know, we talked about how things can go either way, but I don't know. Something about this, um, you, you know, pull it in lots of these EU talents, uh, lots of these, uh, you, you know, people really, uh, really successfully proved themselves in lots of different situations. Uh, you, you, you know, this this may change after day one of of the schedule. You know, just depending on what we're able to see. But I don't know. There's, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cheering for this squad. I think definitely going into season one. Paris and who do you have? Who Paris will be facing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably one of the Eastern teams. If I had to guess, Paris versus London. How about that finals? You like that? Ooh, that would be interesting. Although I don't, <laughs> I don't want London to, be, London to be in the finals two years in a row. That'd be too easy. Give it to somebody else. Would be too easy. Um, <laughs> also, would be too easy to predict NYXL, but they always choke. <laughs> Uh, God, who am I going to go with? I think I'm going to go Gladiators. I like their new signing so far. Just gut feeling. Like their new signings, Decay. Um, and losing Fissure, I don't think will be that bad in the end. Uh, I like how flexible this team is. Hopefully they're keeping hydration because if they don't, then maybe this prediction will be different. I like the Gladiators. <laughs> I do like the gladiators. Um, and who do I like to see? who who do I think the gladiators are gonna face? Hmm. Ugh, God, this is tough. I this is so early, but I should just not think about it. Um, New York. I'm gonna go gladiators. New York. I'm gonna say they don't choke it this year. <clears throat> New York makes the finals, and they have a meta that favors their team. Um, and they've got so much flexibility now uh, with those five dps players how many dps players do they have um they, they're bound to find some that fit the meta so it's true it's, especially if ash starts becoming really good which we'll see hopefully she does because i enjoy watching ash a lot 
but yeah, that's <clears throat> hopefully you got to know us a little bit more. That's all we got uh, on our list right there. And next week we're gonna start our we're gonna start previewing slowly but surely season two, Joe. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think the plan is to do like uh, two teams a week until we get through all twenty. Yeah. And obviously things might change, but we've only got eighty days until February fourteenth. Yeah, I think the so. plan the plan should be we preview two teams, say how good they're going to be each week. And once we get to that final week along once we get to that final week, we give our predictions on what we think the final standings are gonna look like. Who's gonna make the championship? Uh probably gonna be different from who we said today. Uh, <laughs> That's true. So I that should be exciting. Uh <clears throat> the countdown begins. But yeah, here here at on the flank, uh, we we wish you guys a, a a great week ahead. As we we tell you our social media here, my personal one is jwgeorgeiv. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. Inc. Uh, we have a show Twitter on the flank show. If you want updates on the show um, and when we post them. Uh, we have an email on the flank show at gmail.com. You can email us topics you would like us to talk about. You can also tweet at us if you would like. Of course, you are listening to this, uh, but if you would like to listen to it in a different way, you can go to ontheflank.podbean.com. My personal YouTube, which is John George, hard to find if you just search it, but it is linked on my Twitter page. We are on iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you are an iPhone user. We are also on Spotify and Google Play now if you're an Android user. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll check you out next week.